Hello sports fans, welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates, with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whitfield. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey folks, welcome back to another exciting episode of Bold Sports. Matt and I just got off work a little bit. And now we're here drinking some beers and going to talk some sports to you fine folks for a while. Fine day to talk sports. Fine day. It's always a good day to talk sports. It's not, you know, depending on what happens. Some some days it's sad. Some days it is sad. You know. We have some sad notes in this as well, but first thing is, is how was your sports week, man? Um, it's been good. You know, weekend was, uh, I went to a t-ball game. Nephew? Yeah. So that was that was probably like the sports highlight for me. Um, Sunday didn't really watch much of anything, you know. Had had some folks over, just got to grill out, and um, we figured out the best place for the grill, thanks to it raining. <laughs> and like it's you know it's much better. It's a, it's gonna be a front porch situation from now on. Kind of like my grills on yeah. my front porch. Yeah, like the front is the bigger of the porches, and also less wooden of the two porches on my house. Yeah. Um, and it's undercover, but it's open enough that I don't think you have to worry about it getting all full of smoke. Unless yeah. you're really screwing up. That's how it is at my, on my porch. Mine's on the edge of my porch, so it, it does smoke. It, it As long as the... Depending on which way the wind's blowing on my yeah. street. is <laughs> If it comes back at me or if it goes to the neighbor. Yeah, I just worry. I worry about the, like, the ceiling, you know. You, you don't want to stain the ceiling with, like... Charcoal smoke. Yeah, if you get a flame that high and whatnot in the smoke, wow. yeah, you should. You're not gonna get a flame up there. It's gonna be like smoke. It's just, it gets dirty, man. This is Pittsburgh. You remember, like, I remember what the, the buildings used to look like. You remember, you know, like Carnegie Museum used to be black. Yeah, so did yeah. the courthouse, so and then the Cathedral of Learning. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, then the steel mills closed down. They got them all cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so uh, you don't do that to your house. That's, that's yeah, like the don't do it to your house. Um, so I spent most of my weekend avoiding that, but also not really... Didn't see the second game of the NBA, because... Well, I, I did. I was at work, and I actually had a lot of people that came into work to watch that game. And um, and they were Cavs fans, and they were... They were sad. Warriors fans. Oh, they were Warriors and, fans. And there was Warriors fans and Cavs fans. Um, I had two couples that were... Mm -hmm each on a side oh yeah so i was like that's gotta be a fun relationship awesome uh got out and played a little golf myself um shot all right and i shot um 80 85 good for you so that's I'll... that's a stroke less than last week i think i thought i remembered you saying carded in 86 last week yeah different course so that's uh, still i mean the pros don't play the same course every weekend. Either. No, they don't play the same course every weekend. Um, yeah, I got I, I hit South Park this time. Good. And South Park's in pretty decent shape. Yeah. Surprisingly, there's no giant creek. That's, that's that that helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's uh, a few swamps and wetlands, as as I well know. But um, did no... you almost put a golf cart in one of them? Not almost. <laughs> I mean, unless you define like intent. Like I did not put it there. I did not mean for it to go there. Um, it went there. I was somewhat involved. It's okay. I mean, I, mean, I, I also... <laughs> Two guys were putting while it happened. You know, I, I, oh, I, I have also had my fair share of wrecking golf carts. Uh, one a few years ago out of Bird's Foot. 
Mm. Oh, and I was so drunk. I did not know. I sprayed my ankle as bad as I did till the next day when I woke up and got out of bed and stepped on it. It's like, ow, what'd I do? Yeah. I looked down, my ankle was the size of a grapefruit. <laughs> see, I didn't, I didn't get hurt. You see, what, what, what my situation was that it just rained and the grass was wet. Okay. And I couldn't stop. Yeah. And I was heading downhill into a swamp and the cart wasn't stopping. And I was like, I'm going to get out. So I jumped out and I slid a little bit on the grass. And then we watched the cart go into the marsh and then we ran and picked up our clubs. Yeah. <laughs> and, then we, and then we pulled it out. And it was, that was funny because like I barely knew Shiloh. And you wrecked the golf cart. And and I remember, like, I walked in to the bar and, like, he was telling you that story. And I was like, oh, hi. (laughs) Like, I'm that person. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It's fun playing golf with those guys. Yeah, we got to get out with them. Yeah. Uh, Get a little little round together here. Um, I was at work a lot of the time this weekend. I worked, uh, my schedule was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, five to close. So. It was nice. I like that schedule. I like that that nighttime schedule. That's, that's all me. Um, yeah. But I did uh, get to <clears throat> watch the first game, or yeah, the first game in DC, the Stanley Cup Finals. I got to watch the Cavs Warriors game Sunday night, Sunday during the day, since they were expecting storms in mm. Columbus. They uh, started the final round early. I heard that. So that was over before I went to work, oh, which yeah. was awesome. I, I got the, I didn't have to fight for a TV at work. It's like the British Open all of a sudden. Yeah. Kind of. I guess yeah. they don't call it that anymore. Like It's, it's just, just the, the Open Championship. It's still known as the British Open, but well, whatever. It's a, not to them. It's not. It's just yeah, the Open. It's the Open. Know? For the Claret Jug. The Claret Jug. They, they love their Claret over there. Like, it's... I mean... They like to drink, you know, and they're not really known for their wine making, but, you know, like, they like, everything's, like, claret-colored, and there's a claret jug for the golf trophy, and, yeah, um, oh, man, could go for some good claret wine every now and then, you know, maybe maybe next weekend. Yes. I'm kind of, we have the ES Sports Center on here, and I'm, we don't have it on sound, but they're talking about Delaware, uh, Delaware Park Casino. Uh, is Delaware going to get a sports book? They're open already. Delaware got a sports book. Yeah. I see. I know when I lived in South Jersey, Delaware was trying to get that for like mm. Dover Downs and everything. Yeah. So that's awesome that Delaware got a sports book. I know. So it's, it's, like, so it's only a five hour ride instead of getting on a plane <laughs> yeah. with a bunch of hammered people. Right. <laughs> you, just, just drive your, <clears throat> you can just drive your personal automobile. To Delaware. Yeah. And and go play sports bets. Like, it's still not close enough for me. No. And I don't have any plans to be in Delaware anytime soon. If I go to Delaware, I'm going to Rehoboth. And I'm going to be sitting at Dogfish Head for a long time. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I've been to Ocean City, Maryland. Never really been to the Delaware beaches. I used to live in Jersey on the shore. So, I used to shoot over at Delaware and buy cigarettes. <laughs> it was so much cheaper. Yeah. But in the meantime... <clears throat> This week here in Pittsburgh, uh, we did have a Riverhounds game. Uh, they did get a win. Check it that was, out. It was an away game, uh, actually. It was at Richmond. Yeah, it was at Richmond. Over cool the stadium. Richmond like, Kickers. Old stadium. Like it's. It was like a 1920s like concrete bowl. 
and like with bleachers all the way around. Like it's where the Richmond University used to play football. So until, it kind of reminded you of Ted Stadium. Huh? Kind of like yeah, like a, like it was kind of like a. You ever see the Baker Bowl in Philly? Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. <clears throat> kind of like South Stadium, like in a way. All right, but like bigger. You know, a couple stadium. I mean, um, I don't know. Like, seemed like a cool place to see a game. Not a, not like a comfortable place. And there was a rain delay even. And by wait, the time things wait, got wait, wait. so probably lightning delay. Probably lightning delay, or maybe like the, it was raining so much that they had to like, you know, like clear water off the field. I, I didn't really see what happened because like the streams aren't that informative. They they're just showing highlights for fifteen minutes and then like. Switching back to like watching people standing out in ponchos. Yeah, so the Riverhounds did win two to one over the Richmond Kickers. Goals were from Nico Brett and Romeo Parks. Uh, the Hounds were down one zero after the first half. Came back with two goals after twenty shots in the second half. Richmond only had three shots in all on the game, uh, and then uh, the Hounds uh, have a, a bit of a break with no game until June sixteenth. At the New York Bulls 2. The oh, New York good. Red Bulls 2. Okay, so... Um, so I guess is there a bye week? I, I guess so. Maybe... maybe um, well, it's international break. There's a lot There's a lot of friendlies going on right now. Okay. Not, not that, you know, a lot of USL players go to play for their national teams. But some do. I mean, you know, Romeo Parks has had appearances with Jamaica. Um... So it, it does happen, and like when they're when they're doing their final uh, like tune-ups before the World Cup, for for the countries that are actually going to the World Cup, and then you also have all the other countries that didn't qualify, you know, playing each other just in friendlies. Like USA played Ireland on uh, Saturday, you know. And it's like, hey, you didn't make the World Cup, but why don't we just play a match together? Because well, you know, it builds it builds your skills. It gives it gives players something to aspire to because like if you haven't been called into the national team yet like hey there's a game coming up you know like i'm gonna train real hard and maybe like scouts will notice me and invite me into camp or you know if you're already like established in the team like maybe you're trying to you know just work out your timing with you know other people on the team because there's other qualifiers that are going to be coming up um you know it's really disappointing it's it's the first time since i ever started following soccer that the u.s hasn't been in the world cup well, so it's a, it's a weird feeling to try to get involved in it. Well, the U.S. women's national team is by far superior than the men's U.S. national team. Well, yeah, sure. Like, but didn't the men's make make the World Cup final one time in the last decade? No. Or was it in the nineties? Maybe. No, they never like like the final match. You mean? Yeah. No, never. Um, no, I think there was like one in the thirties, where where they like made it far. They made it to like they beat England. Like, they made it to, like, the Final Four. Like, it wasn't even really, like, a modern World Cup. Okay. Um, <clears throat> like, there were a lot of... There was a lot... Like, always been politics in the World Cup. But, like, back in, like, the early days, like, whole blocks of countries just, like, wouldn't even participate just for political reasons. Like, well, eventually they figured out how to wring enough money out of it that they could all get along for at least two weeks or a month or whatever it is. Well, I mean, the World Cup is, is pretty big in soccer world oh yeah uh, it's huge and it, it, isn't it supposed to be coming to the u.s there's a bid for 2026 okay um it's going to be a north american like joint venture so it'd be u.s mexico canada right but it would be like of all the venues like all but like 
five or six would be in the United States. You know, like like Mexico has one stadium. Well, that's yeah, Mexico Azteca. City. Yeah, that. But like that's a lot of huge. a lot of the like regional stadiums in Mexico aren't aren't on like World Cup. You know, grading like it's really important. Like they like they would play like the Big House, the Rose Bowl. Yeah, um, yeah. Like Nashville is a good stadium. They they like to go there. Um, they they like to go to. I I guess um, they can do Fox. State, they go to Foxborough State College. State College. Yeah. If you're thinking, uh, you would see more probably in college stadiums than you wouldn't a pro stadiums, just because of probably Dallas since mm. that huge dome down there. Oh yeah, like Jerry's World. Jerry's World would, would definitely host a World Cup match if they come here. The Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl. Um, the Big House. Um, big House is having like a hundred thousand for like exhibition games between two English teams. Yeah. Um, like that. Would be yeah, I was thinking like like Beaver yeah. Stadium up in. The Happy Valley. I mean, not, it's not rated. Like, it's it's not like it's got to be like a top tier pro stadium in any sport for them to even consider it. Like like uh, MetLife Stadium in Jersey. Oh, in would, Jersey would be there. Like Foxborough, not Heinz Field because it's not wide enough. Um, like the the space where the players stand at a, at a Steelers game is not wide enough to like expand into like a FIFA size soccer pitch. So we won't get that or a Super Bowl, but uh, you know. Wow. So as we get our Chesney concert, like that'll give everyone Ooh. enough to talk about for 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 a for week a whole or so. Month. Yeah, for a little bit. And see what happened down in North Shore with Kane Chesney this weekend. Oh my god. Man, there's twenty twenty tons of Bratwurst rappers down at the Dortmund match, I swear. <laughs> uh so also Polliner uh, cans all up and down. Like twenty twenty tons of polliner cans. Yeah. N- Nico Brett. He uh, got a USL Player of the Week. Nice. Uh, with a goal and an assist uh, in this past game. Uh, you know, I was looking at it. I almost won us tickets. Oh, yeah. Online tonight. Um, I had the right answer, just not quick enough. Oh, jeez. That's all. Uh, on an online trivia thing. Wow. But, Look at you playing the trivia. Right. I mean, it was Mr. Rogers trivia. Oh, good. Well, I, you know, like I wish I could have played. <laughs> I wish I would. I wish I would have saw it when it came out, not yeah. like six hours later. <laughs> yeah, like the world of online is so fast these days. Like it's hard to keep up. It is. It's hard to win all the trivia. Um, I I spent a good portion of my evening filling out my like pick'em for the entire like group stage of the World Cup. Like every match has like. You, you, you pick the score line, and then it automatically fills in, like, win, lose, or draw, like, based on your score line prediction. And then it'll ask you, like, two other random silly questions about the match, like, sort of props. Like, will there be zero to seven corner kicks, or will there be eight or more corner kicks? Like, will, you know, Ronaldo score a goal? Will there be a penalty? Like, will there be an own goal? So, like, I did that, and... That's, like, my new ESPN game that I can play until uh, fantasy football starts up again. And then Matt's getting two days off in a row, and he's going to drive down to Delaware and start, laying, kinda, and start laying some odds. It's the only thing I'm really interested in betting on right now. Like, I don't I don't really care about gambling on baseball. Seems, sounds like a Baseball is a soccer's game, man. Yeah, okay, so I really know nothing about, like, gambling. I feel like I know a good bit about baseball, but I feel like the data set's so huge. And oh, I'm, so I, I know a good bit about ba- baseball, but when I got to lay 170 to win 100, I'm not like, no. Yeah, okay, so that's, yeah. <laughs> There's like one game that, like, 
this year that I've seen that like should have been bet on by everybody. Is it a Pirates game? No, it was not. It was a a Dodgers game. Uh, It was a Dodgers game. But it it was like ridiculous like odds on it. And it's like, wait a minute. And why did I not bet on this? (laughs) Oh, yeah, because I'm smarter than that to bet on baseball. It's like betting on hockey. (laughs) The only sports I see worth betting on are football and basketball. No, see, soc- soccer prop bets are fun because, like... Well, prop bets are different. Like, just, you they, get all the prop bets for the Super Bowl, and yeah. we talked about that in the Super Bowl show. And, I mean, how many times, like, like uh, you know, how many times will they show Giselle Bunchen on TV, the over-unders three? Yeah. Like, I mean... See, know. like, I got, on my pool, I got, I got Argentina to win the World Cup. And that's, like, I mean, they're kind of a popular pick because it's Messi's last... Uh, World Cup, and he's probably the best ever. But there's also like other guys on the team that are good, and I've actually picked uh, his teammate, um, what's his face, Aguero, to win the Golden Boot for best player. Um, you know, and, and Messi's not above passing, so it could it could be possible that like Aguero gets more goals, and like they still have an awesome like run through the World Cup. So that's my bet. Nice. Um, and then, like, we, we do need to get to a Riverhounds game. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to pick one and get us some tickets. And if you can't go, then, like, I'll find someone. But uh, if there's, like, a, a midweek game that we can hit up. Or you if there's a midweek game, it would be the best for me. Yeah, for your schedule. Um, for me, for me i got to take a day one way or the other. So. Yeah, because they're on a day you work. They always play Saturday. They always play Saturday. play Friday or Sunday. Yeah. You're and, off Friday, yeah. Sunday, and I, and I typically work whatever. We'll figure it out. No yeah. worries. Uh, unfortunately, we do have a, a somber note, a few actually, we'll get to the second one later on in the show, but the first one is, uh, rest in peace, Dwight Clark. Uh, if you're not familiar, Dwight Clark is known for the catch. The catch. Um, in the NFC title game over at Dallas Cowboys, whenever the 49ers, uh, beat them in 1981. Uh, that was the start of four championships in the eighties. Um, Dwight Clark passed from ALS. Um, otherwise known as Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, which is uh, no fun and there's no cure for. Uh, Clark had two Pro Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl rings as a player. He's still third on the Niners receiving in yards uh, at 6,750, fourth in receptions at 506, and seventh in TDs with 48. Um, in, and in uh, 1987, uh, Clark moved from the field to the front office where he earned three more rings as an executive with the Niners. In 1999, he joined the Browns in an executive role. Uh, he's since been retired from football uh, for several years now. He uh, was diagnosed with ALS in 2015. Mm. So, um, Always an iconic image. Iconic one image. Of the top, one of the top five plays most memorable plays. I don't know how many NFL. times you see during an NFL football season that they show that catch. Sure. Pretty much any time that like Joe Montana's legacy is mentioned. Dwight Clark's um, in there. Any time like, they talk about Candlestick Park. So, well, um, they it, whenever they closed Candlestick Park, that was listed as the top play ever in Candlestick yeah. Park, and that even hosted a World Series mm-hmm. with the earthquake. Had a, well, yeah, no one's gonna make an earthquake a top play because like killed people, but yeah, right. You're not gonna, yeah, obviously, you're not making. <laughs> an did you ever did you ever see that thirty for thirty about the earthquake yep. series? That, yep, that's so good. I remember that series like it was yesterday. Yeah, me too. I was I was like a little kid. I was so pumped. Um, 
Like they they're starting the game. I was like I was gonna get to stay up and watch like maybe like seven innings. The Battle of the Bay. And then like everything just went and I was like, man, I wanna let's matter and then they came back on and they're like, it was an earthquake. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, that ESPN thirty for thirty head yeah. series in general, no matter what it's on, is amazing. Yeah. Um so But I can't get enough of that like eighties nostalgia right now and mm. like, the Niners were a big part of that and Dwight Clark you know, he, he made a lot of that go, not just with one catch. As, I as you cited his record, like, he was, you know, a top receiver. To be the third receiver in Niners history, like, I'm guessing what, like, Jerry Rice and T.O.? Yep. Yeah. Those are the two above them yeah. for, for yards, anyway. You know. Um, it speaks for itself. It does. Uh, in 1981, I don't remember that game per oh, se. Oh, I know. I was, um, I was on my floor. Like, uh, I re- that, that was, like, Joe Montana's, like, second year? 81? Yeah. First year, rookie okay. year, I think maybe. Yeah, for it might be. Let's see, I'm trying to think. He graduated. He was he left Notre Dame, I think, in '80. So it's his first or second year, here or there. Um, but yeah, they went on to win four Super Bowls. Um, you know, in the '80s, Dwight Clark. I didn't. I thought he was there for all four. I didn't realize he was only there for two as a player. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, their their dynasty did did have sort of like two, you know, there was like the first two, and then there was like a pause. Yeah, there was the first two, and, and there was like, and then there was two, years two in the middle. more, and then they switched quarterbacks and got the fifth, you know, in a game where the Steelers could have been the punching bag. Yeah, because the Steelers screwed up to the Chargers in that mm-hmm. AFC Championship game here in Pittsburgh. Why would you not run Bam Morris up the middle for three fucking yards? In 1994. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, Man. <laughs> what was that? Bill Cowher did, uh, what? I think six AFC Championship games and two Super Bowl appearances? Yeah. Something like that? It's a painful lot, man. It's hard being a Steelers fan. <laughs> you know, and a lot of people are like, oh, you guys got six rings. You guys got it great. Dude, the '80s are horrible. Yeah, I was born. <laughs> I was born in '80, and like, it's not what you think. It's like a bunch of stories about stuff that that happened before I was born. And I mean, I made it 26 for... years of failure, including, like you said, you know, multiple trips to the AFC title game without reaching a Super Bowl, and then one trip to the Super Bowl. And then we got where, by where the like we're, we're a Neil. cornerback for the other team was the MV Stinkin' P. Right. Because of two interceptions, and that was like the highlight of the whole game. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Neil O'Donnell thought he was throwing to Brown. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Larry Brown. What a name. Uh, and then also, uh, so uh, yes, rest in peace, Dwight Clark. Um, you will always be remembered for more than just a catch. Uh, he was a great humanitarian as well. Uh, he had uh, a lot of different um, programs and uh, foundations he was involved with. He had a ranch up in Montana, uh, which is where he uh, passed um, with his family by his side. Um, so definitely, um, we'll probably see on NFL Network probably something about Dwight Clark here. I think they already did a sure. I yeah. think they already did a. Uh, it, it, I know they've done the stuff about the Niners, so I'm sure there's. Mm. I, I think there's one out there on Dwight Clark himself. If not, there will be shortly. Dude, I I did the one about Pat Tillman mm. the other night. Mm-hmm. It was like my like the, the last oh, show I did uh, for my week. Yeah, and like I mean that was really well done and mm-hmm. really a pleasure. I watched to that. Work on. I watched that while I was yeah. going to bed. 
I mean, I thought they were, like, the, the way it had it booked on the schedule, I thought it was going to be another hour of, like, minicamp news. Yeah. And it was kind of like, a, like as, as for, like, a for work content, like, you'd always rather work on something that's, like, actually interesting and, like, is about something that, like, you respect and care about. So, like, the, the story of Pat Tillman's whole career was, you know, very, very well done. And anything they do about Dwight Clark, like, I would look forward to seeing and hope to be able to work on as well. Definitely. Uh, and then also this past weekend, PGA Tour. Uh, like I said, I got to watch the final, the final round, uh, pretty much in its entirety on Sunday since the early start. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau won the Memorial at Mirfield Village, Jack's Place in Columbus, Ohio, uh, last weekend. There was a two-hole playoff, uh, and then Tiger did make a charge, uh, came up short, as well as Roy McIlroy, Justin Rose, Dustin Johnson, and Phil Mickelson. Uh, all made charges in day three and then um, put themselves in position and then just didn't capitalize on the final round. Um, you know, that that's what's nice about being the leader is you get to like tee off on day three and day four. So you kind of know what you need to do and have to do to maintain that lead. Um, but it did come down. Bryson DeChambeau had a uh, par putt to win on the 18th hole. Uh, and it was not an easy putt. Uphill, double breaker. Uh, you know, mm. he, he he barely missed it. He was uh, half a cup outside. I was tweeting about it uh, on Sunday. And uh, they went to uh, a three-man playoff for the first hole. One guy ended up being out. And then the second playoff hole, which, of course, they played 18 again. Um, the two-man playoff and, and uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Um, one that interesting note about Bry Bryson DeChambeau, he is so dialed in and so mathematically involved in the game and numbers and everything else. Also, he's the one that um, was talked about when he came out. He was he played the Masters as, as the uh, U.S. Uh, amateur champion. Okay, and then after the Masters is whenever he turned pro. Okay, um, all his clubs are cut the same length. Weird. All his clubs are cut the same length. Um, of course, you know, the the pitch and the loft is different for each mm. club, but the... So it's like custom. Yeah, oh, it, well, all these PGA Tour guys are all custom yeah. clubs. See, that's, that's you, why I... You and I can't... You and I, A, can't afford custom clubs. B, well, we could. B, would it really help us that much for as much as we play? No. Maybe me a little bit. No. But... I don't want... I like my... my Dusty old clubs. I like my wooden my wooden woods, and uh, they do have that sweet sound. I like I like my set, man. You know, I I got this. You know, I got some some secondhand uh, drivers. Was just like playing around on the range with them, and I liked them. But like the grips are bad, and like I'm not gonna regrip a club that I got at a thrift shop. Like my my woody woods, like they still have good grips on them. So like I'm gonna use them. Right. That's all. Um. I couldn't imagine being like a stats head and a golfer at the same time. Oh, this dude, yeah, like you, the amount of focus and concentration it takes. Like I don't even like keeping my own score. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah, even that's too much. I mean, counting. they put they put the microphone on him and his caddy, and it, it's just ridiculous on like the numbers that they're throwing out and everything else like that. And it's like stuff like I'm like, yeah, let's see, there's the 150 stake. I'm probably 25 yards behind that, so I'm about 175. Yeah, that's a six iron. 
These guys are sitting there, A, they're hitting an 8 iron 170 yards. It's not even a real number. <laughs> they're hitting an 8 iron 170 yards. And then, so, so there's that. And then I'm like, but not only are they talking the club they're using, but they're talking, like, they're just throwing these ridiculous numbers out. I'm like, how does that even, like, hey, everybody has their own system. Good, use it, whatever works for you. I mean, you're a professional golfer. I mean, that is your job. That yeah, is, yeah. you know, I, I, I know a lot about boots. I mean, but that's my job, <laughs> you know? But you don't, like, actually, like, see the, like, liquor costs, like, visually, like, when you look at a shot being poured. Uh, and, like, sometimes some of these, I do. Some of these people who excel at what they do, like, they're almost, like... I mean, it's almost like they're like the Terminator. Like, the fact, the amount of focus that they have and the way that they can, like, recall see, information see, that they use to help themselves. See, here's the thing. Like, it's, it's almost it's, like a computer. I do see the liquor. You know? I do see liquor costs whenever stuff happens. Um, but also, I'm not a manager and I'm so not in charge care. of that. It's not that I don't care. I do care because ultimately it comes down on me to be able to throw our, one of our regulars a freebie or something here and there and, and on a comp drink. But the other day when one of the girls wasn't paying attention and had the mop bucket there mm -hmm. and then set the mop down in the bucket and didn't have it in the little nook that's on the, for the handle to sit mm -hmm. and the mop slid over against the one wall and knocked a bottle of Tito's off and boom, Whole bottle of Tito's vodka just shattered. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, on the floor. Anyone can see that. I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, that's like $190. <laughs> and she's like, no, it's like a $24 bottle. I'm like, no. No. <laughs> no. Let me explain to you how it works. I mean, she's like 20. So, I mean, well, you know. Yeah. But yeah, uh, and then, so this week, uh, the PGA Tour is uh, the St. Jude Classic at the TPC so uh, Southward in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, this is the warm-up tournament for the U.S. Open. Okay. Um, so you will probably see... I, I looked at the lineup. A lot of the big guys are in there. Tiger's not. DJ's not. There's a couple guys that... Some of the big names are not in there. Uh, they are already up at Shinnecock Hills, uh, which, if you're not familiar, Shinnecock Hills is in Southampton, New York, out on Long Island. It is a Lynx-style course. Um, and if you know, they've been playing in the U.S. Open, a lot of Lynx-style courses mm -hmm. lately. Um, you know, the last four, I think, yeah. have been Lynx-style courses. Um, so they, they are up there getting their practice rounds in and their warm-ups and everything else. I mean, Dustin Johnson won... The U.S. Open here in, at Oakmont uh, a couple two years ago, um, so of course you know Tiger will be in, like so in the St. Jude Classic. You got some of the guys that are not on the PGA Tour consistently. Mm -hmm. They play on other tours, uh, like John Daly. Yeah, he's playing in the St. Jude Classic this week as a warm up for uh, the okay. U.S. Open. Uh, he's gonna have, um, you know, there's a, this, also uh, I saw on the news tonight. There are six local pros, got like club pros and amateurs um, that are moved into the regionals f 
to get into the U.S. Open. Okay. Because uh, it's open. Yeah. Anybody with a two handicap or better can go and try to play their way in. Okay. Uh, to uh, get into the tournament. So, you know, you don't have to have a PGA card. Well, actually, I think you do have to have a PGA card. But anyway, I mean, if you're a, if you're a club pro or head pro, you have a PGA card. So, but uh, it's going to be exciting next weekend. Not this weekend coming up, but next weekend, uh, the U.S. Open. That's, you know, the second major of the year in golf. Um, it's always a biggie. So, yeah. We got to get on that. I'm, I'm hoping to check some of that out. I will be watching it and uh, so forth. Um, I have a few things going on in my personal life that will get me more into the golf scene. Yeah. So, um, you know. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do not have a two handicap or better, and I'm not playing a regional. See, like, <laughs> one time I tried to hit from the tees at the driving range that were for people with, like, a certain handicap, and, like, we clearly did not. We were, like, in high school. <laughs> and we were just like, well, how do you know? And the guy just looked at me, and he was just like, I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I I wouldn't, I don't know, like, how to handicap you, Steve, but I don't think you're a two. No. So. Well, about a 12. Well, that's. You know, you just lop off the one, like, like forgot it, you know? You yeah, know, I forgot that. there, and it's like on the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 here's it. Steve shows up at the U.S. Open, you know how, the, like, the, the fans line the, the shoot mm-hmm. out, you know, of the hole? I'd be like, you, you guys really don't want to stand there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd shank the first one. Yeah. <laughs> you're not safe, you're not safe, you're not safe. You're, you're my, no, no. <laughs> All you on that side, just leave. <laughs> Um, yeah, your best odds, stand behind me. No, <laughs> but, uh, all right, folks, we're going to go ahead and, and um, we're going to take a break. We have some friends in, at uh, Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview that want to, uh, talk to you about what's going on up there. Probably something with like, uh, Wrestle Mayhem or Awesome Cast. Um, awesome so- studio. Go, go check them out. Go peek in the window. Say hi. Next, uh, next Tuesday is I think the 400th episode of Awesome Cast. Cool. So if we have time, we're going to head up there and check that out. Nice. So we're going to be right back after these messages. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. All right, folks, and we are back after that little break. Uh, hopefully got some good stuff from our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios there. So, we were talking, uh, when we recorded last show, there was, we were, uh, after game two of the Knights Caps Stanley Cup Finals, uh, so now there's been two more games in D.C. Uh, the Knights are down three to one to the Caps, headed back to Vegas for game five. The good news is the Knights haven't lost four games in a row all year. The bad news is only one team has come back from a 3-1 deficit to win the Cup, and that was the Maple Leafs in 1939. So, (laughs) the Caps have been clicking on all cylinders, as I've been seeing. Um, The grade eight has been getting his shots. A few goals here and there. He has a couple assists. Um, Also, by the looks of it... uh, it look, does look to be the Caps here, um, and their high power offense is pretty much on fire right now. Yeah, they they look 
amazing right now. Um, well, the reason I turned away from the the Riverhounds game, despite well, besides the fact that the Riverhounds have hadn't scored a goal in like forever, yeah, it's been a and while. They were down one nil at halftime. Like I, I did not see the comeback on Saturday. I'm sorry to say, because I had to switch to the beginning of the Caps game. I didn't want to miss anything. Yeah, like like I did not want to miss. You know, and I I know how the Caps score early goals because I'm a Pens fan and I've been there. And yes. I didn't, I didn't want to miss something important in the first Capitals home Stanley Cup game in however many years. Uh, um, 1998. It, it turned out... No, six. The Ole Kolzig game, or years, right? Yeah, they... they Peter uh, Bondra. They, they lost, uh, they lost 4-1 to one, uh, series to the Red Wings. Yeah. 1996. So, clearly, like, they're not that same team. Like, they're... They're clicking on all cylinders. I didn't want to miss anything, so you know I watched all of that game. I didn't. I didn't like the result, but it was a good competitive game. Game four, on the other hand, was just kind of bad for Vegas from the beginning. Oh, and the kind of you know like it. It still hurts me to see Flurry get shook. Oh yeah. So I does. figured since I'm not really a Vegas fan, I don't have to watch this shit. So I just you know. I turned it off and I went and did something else. Right, uh, and it's not looking good for Vegas right so, now. So, so Holpe, um, he uh, he has something going on with him right now. Like he's got that four-leaf clover hanging over his fucking head because he's stopping goals, he's making ridiculous saves, and the posts are really helping him out. Yeah. James Neal rung the post like two or three times, uh, you know, and. The the post I mean there was there was four post shots, uh in in game four, mm. I mean that that just rang the bell and it was ridiculous, um, he also is staying on his head right now he's playing out of his mind, uh that that paddle save was, yeah we're still talking about that like was <laughs> I mean I've I've been, I've been catching up on some old podcasts, like in the past few days, like that I like to listen to. And they're sports shows, and it's like, I don't care if this is, like, five days old. Like, I still like hearing people talk about that save. It yeah. was a good save. I mean, that's like and talking about the save with Frank Peter Angelo. It is like talking <laughs> about that. I I think the Peter Angelo save is still better. Well, because we're Pens fans. Of I'm not just is. saying it because we're <laughs> Pens fans. I think the shot that Peter Angelo stopped was better. I mean... There's been a lot of debate about the quality of the shot that Holtby stopped. Was it really a good shot, or did the guy kind of whiff a little I bit, think or he hit it fat, bit. you know? Like, I think, I think so, too. But I don't see Malkin missing that. I don't see, like, Phil Kessel missing that. Again, like, I don't see Ovechkin missing that. Which brings me to my other point about, like, there's this controversy about whether or not it's okay to be happy for Ovechkin. Yeah, there is. As a Pens fan, you're like, ah, fuck. I just always felt like it was inevitable that he'd get at least one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, and he went through, and the Caps went through, you know, Columbus, and the Caps were down two to zero to Columbus, and went on and won four straight. Mm -hmm. They beat the Penguins, who. The Caps now are two and ten in a series with the in in uh, playoff series with the Penguins. It's like a team of destiny kind of thing, you know. Like it's you like said, a beating your biggest rival, 
Yeah. And then and having then the field the open ahead of you and, and being able to actually, like, for the first time, like, well, see the possibility of something better than losing to Pittsburgh in the second round. Well, I saw, I, saw, I read an article that was about the Caps that um, they went ahead and beat Columbus, but they don't have a whole lot of history with Columbus. They mm-hmm. have a lot of history with the Penguins. And then they says, then they end up going ahead and playing Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay was the number was the number one seed in the East, and they, you know, then they point out how many players that were on Tampa Bay that used to just torture them with other teams like Kunitz and whatnot, and then now they were saying how they were with Vegas, they're playing Vegas for Stanley Cup Finals. The GM in Vegas was the former Caps GM who right. left to go with Vegas, yeah, and then of course they got Flurry. Who has stopped the Caps how many times over the years? True. Uh, a lot. <laughs> I mean, so so they're saying that the Caps are going through a lot of their own nemesis to get there. Yeah, and it's it's exciting times for the fans down there. Um, I, I don't agree with their taste in hockey teams, but I've, yeah. I've had the good fortune of seeing the Penguins win five Stanley Cups. Yes. And I know how awesome it is every time it happens. Yes. And I also know how awesome it is to see the Steelers win a Super Bowl finally after always being denied that. So, like, I I know both how it is to love a hockey team that's good and also how it is to finally see, like, the heartbreakers, like, come through for a change. Um, So, like, if it happens, like, I guess I'll swallow and I'll deal with it kind of like how... I'm happy for the Eagles. I'm glad they won the Super Bowl. The only reason we're happy for the Eagles is because they beat the Patriots. That's not the only reason, though. Like, if the Philly people want a championship that they can all, like, rally behind and eat horse shit over, I'd rather it be a non-Flyers championship. Yes. Yeah, let it be a non-Flyers championship. Because nobody wants to see the Flyers win the Stanley Cup. Nor will they, ever. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Flyers are kind of run like the Browns. (laughs) No. They would have gotten a different Giroux like every year by now. True. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they just they just like stick with their like not good enough leader for how many years has it been? Like eight years. It's years, a while, so. yeah. So but anyway, like we're not here to talk about Philly. We're talking about game five. Game five in Vegas. What, Thursday night? Thursday night. Yeah, there were no basketball or hockey games again tonight. And then NBA's tomorrow. So NBA's hockey tomorrow. Thursday. Hockey's Thursday. Um, I'll be ready. And I'm not I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm staying in. I'm watching hockey. Is hockey Thursday? Yeah. 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 It is. Um, yeah, and then you got, yeah. And so Thursday I work at night, I believe. So, yeah, I... Uh, I'll, I'll have the game on at work, and that'll be uh, my that'll be my highlight at work. Hopefully, I'm busy. I, for some reason, I get busier for basketball than I do hockey, but whatever. Um, speaking of basketball, uh, the NBA, uh, Cavs and Warriors head to Cleveland for Game Three and Four. Uh, the Cavs are down two to zero to Golden State. Uh, we talked. Game one last week because we actually recorded right after yeah, we, game we one was over. Fresh, we were still fresh, fresh off on the that. On that. All the, yeah, all the all the conflicting explanations about what the hell J.R. Smith was thinking. Uh, and then I think we've settled on like he really thought they were winning. 
we settled on. Yeah, he I, lied I, in the post game press conference. I'm sure he did. We read his lips did. on the court. We read his lips to LeBron. Yeah, and of course LeBron. The LeBron meme is just taken off. Oh yeah. Well, I like the J.R. Smith memes are going on of like him dribbling the basketball and then they like put him into like going into Walmart. <laughs> and, you know, I also like the ones that, like the LeBron memes where he's like with his arms like this and and, like, and he's pointing and it's like, you know, whenever whenever you have to tell your friend it's time to go home from the bar and it's yeah. like LeBron like <laughs> Yeah. What I haven't seen yet is a like that LeBron, but with a crying Jordan face. Oh, it's got to be out there somewhere. It's somewhere, I'm sure it's somewhere. Um, but then uh, I, I've seen surface in the last day or two. Um, LeBron on the bench during that timeout or going to overtime, and he asked, "Like, didn't we have any timeouts?" Yeah. And they were like, "Yeah." He's like, "Why didn't you call a timeout?" <laughs> Why didn't you call a timeout, LeBron James? <laughs> True. I mean. I mean, anyone can call a timeout, or do you have to be the guy with the ball? No, anybody can call a timeout. It typically comes from the bench, but... Um, right, but you can, like, get the ball, like, on a loose ball and just, like, get up and call a timeout. Yeah. Like, that's not coming from the bench. Yeah, I mean, we all know that timeout issue with Chris Webber. Yeah, but he had the ball. He had the ball, and he had no timeouts left, so he got attacked. And he, yeah, and he called so, it to get out of a trap, not to, like, stop his teammate from doing something grossly incompetent. Yes, like, I'm sorry, but you shouldn't have to burn a timeout. Like, I'd be like, I'm not burning my timeout just because of your fuck-up, mister. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that's not, like, a winning attitude, but you knew they weren't going to win at that point anyway, so... Pretty much. Um, so then they played another game that neither of us watched? Uh, I watched it at work. Okay, you did watch I it? I watched I was at work. I had it a lot of a people lopsided Very score. lopsided game. Game two was all Warriors, and the Cavs really didn't have a chance. I think that... I think they ended up winning by twenty three. Yeah, it was it was a big margin. It was a big margin. Like it, it, it was just, and it, the Warriors did what the Warriors do. They dribble the ball down, pass, 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 drop a three. Yeah, you know, and then the Cavs were were. I mean, I mean, they were playing from behind the first two minutes of the game. Right. So you start hucking threes. Yeah. You don't you don't like make any of them, unless unless you're hot, early. And then next thing you know, you're, I mean, the Cavs you're down did, double digits. The Cavs did have some good plays, um, for the most part. But again, when you're when you're down by 15 points and you're and you're uh, waste and you're running clock, passing, passing, trying to drive the hole. You know, you drive the hole, get two, you get two points back, and then Steph Curry just dribbles on down and pulls up right in front of you and mm. drops a three. It's like, come on, yeah. Draymond Green was hitting them. Durant was hitting everything. Uh, Clay Thompson was hitting everything. <laughs> it, maybe maybe they'll just put us out of our misery and just sweep the series. Right. Now, I do have a theory on this series. Steve's theory. LeBron can't win the championship this year. For more than being outmatched, being the fact that it's him and Kevin Love and J.R. Smith and J.R. Smith passes prime. Yeah. Um, they can't. He can't win because if they if he'd win the championship in Cleveland, he would have to stay in Cleveland another year. Again, he doesn't have to stay in Cleveland. Nobody has to stay in Cleveland if they don't want to. 
Cleveland is not like a prison camp. <laughs> like he can leave Cleveland if he wants to. But it they might hate him. It makes it. They're gonna hate him. But no they hated what. him once. They're gonna. You know. Look, they welcomed him back. LeBron. He brought them a title. It's gonna be so. It would be. It's so much easier if they lose. And he's like, all right, I'm going to Philly. Well, how does that make it easier? Because he lost the championship. If he won... I would rather win and then have our best player leave than lose the championship and have our best player leave. But for him, if... Like... Right. If, you, if you're talking about, like, Matt, your goal in life is to help LeBron James, like, not have to hurt anyone's feelings... It's more for himself. It's than for his own feelings. It's for his own feelings. Well, then he, he, he can just get over his feelings and do what he wants to do. I mean, he's Or like, he can let his feelings, like, decide for him and I say, mean, like, about, Matt, if I feel this way, if Matt, I feel that I should stay in Cleveland, then I feel that I will do that. Matt, you think about it this way. You're the stud shortstop on the Pirates, and you just brought, and you're from Pittsburgh. You're born and raised Pittsburgh kid. You're the stud shortstop on the Pirates. And you've only wanted to see the Pirates win a World Series your whole life, and you're finally playing for the Pirates, and you win a World Series. And then they trade me for, like... We're not talking about them <laughs> trading you, though we know it happened, because nothings are horrible. But you're still in, you know, you're at the end of your deal on your contract. You you would feel compelled, so you just won a World Series for your hometown team, for your in your home city, playing for your home team. You personally would probably feel compelled to stay in Pittsburgh instead of taking $25 million a year to go play in the Yankees. Not necessarily. People leave their hometown all the time for their career. And if LeBron James thinks he can't win another championship in Cleveland, like if he wins a championship this year, he's going to be limping over the finish line with like you know, on, like, one bald tire and, like, three bare rims, okay? Dragging his muffler and, like, some chicken wire that he, like, plowed through to get there. So, you know, he can fairly assess the situation and say, like, I might be getting older and I might like to go play with a bunch of, like, young, like, top four draft picks like they have in Philly. And... Because my job, like, the business of LeBron James is to be LeBron James and to try to win as many titles as he can before he runs out of chances to win titles. Okay? And winning two, like, you're, you're positing that he's going to win this year. Winning two titles for Cleveland against, like, a juggernaut Golden State Warriors team, like, he could be done and, and say, like, no hard feelings, like... I'm going to buy you a gym, or like six gyms, or like 12 <laughs> LeBron James YMCAs. All that. And See, then I'm going to go to Philly, and like I'm going to take my playoff shares from next year and like plow it back into my community. Like, whatever. See, like, you, you know, you can't just take like the Northeast Ohio out of the guy just because he's like earning his paycheck, you know, in a different city. Like, it's about winning titles at this point. Has anyone heard the recent discussions about, like, who's better, LeBron or Michael Jordan? Oh, God. By all means. I mean, what would you settle that argument? Here's, here's what's going to settle that argument. Michael fucking Jordan. He's better. He's he's the GOAT. Michael Jordan, six six times to the championship, six wins. But, but LeBron, eight straight times to the championship, eight straight years in a row. LeBron James has been to the championship between being on the Heat and the Cavs, and yet he has three. We're talking four now. 
I don't. You're hypothetical. He's am I got hypothetical? Four. He's got if four he wins, and he could go play two years in Philly, and and like probably get one out of Philly. Probably get yeah. I don't see and him then, going to Philly and winning right away the championship. I see him going to the finals and losing Golden State again. Yeah, but, I mean, and then come back to Cleveland for like a year as a player coach. Wait, wait. He's been a player coach since he's been no, like like an actual like player coach, like. You know he play he plays like twenty four minutes and like holds a clipboard during timeouts. I, but you got to know how many timeouts you have if that's if that's that your is job. true. You got to know how many timeouts you have if, if that's your job. If you're doing a self eval, you know. But I mean, but the last five minutes of game two, I didn't know anybody on the floor for Cleveland. There was like three white dudes, and one of them had a bald spot bigger than a yarmulke. Like, I, like, <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, neither one of us really follows the NBA that closely. Correct. Um, you know, like I, I can name more players on Golden State because they're all really good players. And yeah. That, that's the edge in the series right now. Mm. You know, like I, I met a Rockets fan like several weeks ago who was all pumped up and like, she knew more about, she knew more players on the Rockets and she knew guys who I didn't even realize played for the Rockets because I knew them from college and, like, wondered where they ended up. You know, like, I'd like to, like, I probably watched more NBA this year than, like, any other year. But it's still, like, a very, like, star-driven league until you get down to, like, the final, like, four in the playoffs and then you want to start, like, really, like, following the whole team. And seeing like, oh well, who's that guy? That role yeah. player? Like, what? How many minutes do they play? Like, can they come up big? And you know, the only reason I watch any NBA is because it's on at work. Yeah, and during the season and whatnot. Um, and I know we got T. J. McConnell in Philly. Yeah, uh, and he's a Charvel kid. Um, you know, I followed Dewan Blair's career because mm-hmm. he was, you know, Hill District kid and yeah. Pitt and so forth, and you know. He he just um, fizzled out. I don't even know where he's playing right now. I think at he's all. out. I mean, he might be a Europe league. Yeah, or I don't something. think he's in the NBA anymore. Um, but game one of the finals was was a tremendous game. It was a tremendous. I mean, it, it was back and forth. Back and forth. It was it tied. Was like, went to overtime. You know, people I mean, weren't giving Cleveland a fair shot, like to to even like win a game, and they were on the brink of doing it. And then the whole, you know, timeout, no timeout, like, we're not really winning, JR, where are you going with the basketball? You know, that whole thing happens, and then game two is just, you know, not promising if you're rooting for Cleveland. I, I'm going to be honest, I'm rooting for Cleveland. Um, no special reason other than I think they're the underdog. Right, I mean, uh, you know, again, we've also thought, this is the fourth year in a row of the Cleveland-Golden State saga, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the thing. I used to root against Jordan because I root for the underdog. Well, because Pittsburgh, we don't have an NBA team to really like. LeBron's the underdog in the finals. Like that never happened to Jordan. Jordan never had to deal with that. No. Okay. Like he had. You can't assemble a team of five Jordans, so you could never say like, "Oh, well, like his teammates were on equal footing with him as a player." So he was always better than his teammates. But the teams that they put together for Jordan. We're so much better than like what oh. LeBron James is dealing with right now. And also, basketball 
in the '90s was different than basketball is now. Yeah, very much so. Uh, the basketball in the '90s was drive the hole, and it was a it was a game. They, they, they didn't have zone defense. Then. They they also called traveling. They also called walking. Then I, okay, maybe when I Jordan, read a John Staggerwald column online tonight from like <laughs> nine, from like mid '90s, where like one of his bullet points was about how like he actually saw a traveling called in a Michael Jordan Bulls game. And, like, what a surprise that is. Like, so even back in, like, Jordan's era, we had this trope that they don't call traveling. They just didn't call it Euro-stepping back then. <laughs> what are you doing after college? I'm going to go Euro-stepping. Right? You mean traveling, right? Yeah. I'm going to go traveling around Europe. So we have tomorrow night game three of the uh, Cavs Warriors in Cleveland, I think Cleveland will steal a game. I hope so. I think Cleveland to make I, it an interesting series, they need to win. Yeah, it's right it's, now. Like they tomorrow. need to win tomorrow night, yeah. and I think they'll do that in front of their home fans. Um, that town gets really up because they, they are believe land. They are believe land. Um, you know, uh, which is, was another great thirty for thirty. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, so yeah, check out that game tomorrow night. I believe that's an eight o'clock tip off. Uh, and that's on ABC. Awesome. Uh, also, uh, I didn't write it in the notes, but I'm just going to speak on because the commercial just came up. This weekend's the Belmont. Yeah. Um, the 150th running of the Belmont. Yes. Belmont that's Stakes. That's more than the Derby, I believe. And uh, our... Uh, what's the horse's name? The Triple Crown is in play. The Triple Crown is in play. Uh, Justify. 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 I looked at the odds. Yeah. You need to spend a hell of a lot of money to make a little. Yeah. If you're betting him straight out, this is where you bet exactas and trifectas and so forth. Because um, betting justifies right, it's four to five odds. Mm. So if you don't know gambling, that means for every four dollars you bet, you get five back. Right. You know, if so you're, you're not making money. You're making you're making like twenty five cents on the dollar. Exactly. Not good odds to bet him straight out the win. Um, That's triple, why you have your exotics. You do. Uh, I don't know how many horses the the field is not completely set uh, on how many horses are running. Typically, you're going to have a few more run in the Belmont than you do in the Preakness. Yeah. Uh, the Preakness. Uh, let's see the Derby. There's like twenty two horses. The Preakness there was eight. So Belmont will probably be around twelve. Um, because they always throw a few spoilers in there and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, if it is a rainy, muddy track on Saturday, I'll take Justify. Now, this is the longest of the of the courses. It's at a mile and a half. Um, so, and that's also why there's two weeks break, or three weeks break, in between Preakness and... Um, Belmont. That they're lazy. <laughs> they're lazy. Well, I mean the Derby's a mile, the Preakness I is a mile, a mile and a quarter. And a half and like go out the next day and run two. Talking about. <laughs> no, you, you hear this you're like uh Chris Long like on Twitter. Oh. Like making fun of hockey players for like not playing enough minutes is like not playing as many minutes as basketball players and therefore they're not as tough as basketball players. <laughs> Chris Long on Twitter the last two days has been ridiculous. So, you just go 
out there, go check out Chris Long on Twitter. He is... I'm speaking solely on his trolling of, of hockey fans. He, he, is, he is quite an interesting follow on Twitter. I will give you that. <laughs> Especially with the Eagles, with, with Trump uh, rescinding the invitation to the Eagles tour trip to the White House <sighs> after the Super Bowl. And we're not very political here at Bold Pittsburgh and Bold Sports, so we'll just leave it at that. Go check out Chris Long on yeah. Twitter. He is he, he is, probably would have been better off just like letting the five Eagles that were gonna come like show up. Yeah. Like cause way more like headaches for everyone involved. By you know, and then and then today the whole battle online with the Penguins posting their stuff about their trip to the White House for um you know, and the recent Penguin championships with G.W. Bush, uh, Obama, and Trump. Yeah. Um, and how the Penguins were like, we uphold the, um, you know, the office and this, that, your thing. Doesn't matter who's president. We enjoy, you know, the trip, the tour, everything else like that. I didn't even see that. Yeah. I didn't even see that. Yeah, they, they've, they posted stuff. They, they've reposted their articles and stuff on Twitter huh. today. Um, you know, kudos to the Pens. Hey, you know, ho- hockey's different, though. Because everybody, there, there's, on a hockey team, there's what, four Americans? Right, exactly, <laughs> no, exactly, like, I mean, yeah, like, they're not, they're not Americans, so you're less, you're less inclined to, like, want to argue yeah. with, like, the leader of a different country, you know? Yeah. Like, if I, if I played, like, soccer, and I would, and I got to go, like, you know, meet, like, whoever, Theresa May, the Prime Minister of, 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 the United Kingdom, like, I, you know, like, I don't know. I'd probably, me personally, I'd probably still have opinions, <laughs> but, like, that's just me. <laughs> right, uh, and to, to, uh, round out this, uh, f- the second segment here, um, the Steelers OTAs are just about over, uh, the players and coaches, um, know what needs to be worked on, on both accounts and so forth. Uh, Paul Zeiss wrote a article for the PG that I read. Um, his take's pretty good. You know, everybody's like, you know, everybody's giving shit about Le'Veon Bell not showing up for OTAs and he's probably not going to show up for camp. And he already said he's not showing up for camp unless he gets a deal. He's got till July 16th to get a deal. If he doesn't get a deal, he's not showing up for camp, then he'll come in after camp's over, sign his tender, and then go play practice and get ready for week one. You know, and Paul Zeiss's article was like, you know, this is being, Le'Veon Bell is being overshadowed, but also um, Ben and Bell have, or Ben and Brown haven't been uh, at camp at the OTAs other than like day one and two, and they haven't been at any of the OTA camps uh, and so forth. And he says, good for them because all the OTAs, he goes, spring football, no matter what level you're on, just creates injuries. He goes, I hope these guys that are like, starters, number one players, the coaches don't need to see what their work ethic's like. They, they don't need to show the coaches what their work ethic's like. They already know what their work ethic's like. They already know that they're studying. They're already working out at their own with their own personal <clears throat> trainers and everything else. Um, it just creates injuries. We've already, you know, had a couple injuries throughout the NFL. The Steelers had a, um, a major injury on the line, you know, in OTAs. It's, you know what? We're brought up to play yeah. sports in a certain way. Like, we, we're, we're all brought up to, like, you know, go do, like, three-a-days at 7 a.m., like, you know, in the summertime and go play high school football 
and you got to be on the field and practice so you don't get on the field in the game and like nobody here is better than anybody else and that's like i mean that's like the ethic that you use to motivate people but like talent talent will sort itself yeah you know the cream will rise to the top and in sports just like in any other field in life when you're at the top when you're like more talented than like the other people below you you tend to make more money and you tend to get more perks. Mm-hmm. And you tend to work less and you tend to not have to work as hard. I mean, shit. Brent Favre didn't leave fucking Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I mean, <laughs> that's the opposite of me. Like, I mean, I just stayed in Wisconsin all summer where it's like not as humid. But I wouldn't have been working. Right. I, I, I'd have been like maybe throwing balls to high school kids, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be like going to like the, the facility. Yeah. And like having to look at like. I mean, Brett Favre didn't have a Mike contract. Or whatever. I mean, he was like a one. He was on that's after he's, you know, is he going to retire? He's not going to retire. He's on our contract. Can we get him to come back? Whatever. That's That was a whole different saga. And yeah. hopefully we don't ever see that again. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Paul Zeiss is right. Spring football, I mean, you need it for you, you do need it for your draft picks, you need it for the rookies, you need it for the guys that you uh, have signed and invited to see what's going to happen and if they have a chance of making a team. Out of out of the 53 man roster, I think there's what four spots open mm-hmm. for Undrafted players, even some of the draft picks, have an opp- have a chance not to make the team. I, very rarely do you see a draft pick not make the team, but there's about three spots open for an undrafted free agent, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. for somebody they picked up from another team that was somebody else's waste, you know, and said, "Oh, we don't want you anymore," and then yeah, you know, and they're not gonna give Le'Veon Bell's job. Oh yeah, to some undrafted free agent. Just because uh, he can play running back and showed up for camp, right in June, you know that's that's not how it works. No, it's not and how it works at all. Yeah, like it's this is this is real football. Like they're trying to win, um, they're trying not to get hurt, and they're you know what like they're dealing with egos, sure, definitely dealing with egos. But that's part of it, you know. Terry Bradshaw had an ego. Yeah, still does. Still does. Humans have egos. Mm-hmm. You know, they I tend to rate ego. themselves higher than maybe they deserve to be rated. I have an ego. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so do I. You know? <laughs> and, like, there's shit at my job that I feel like I don't want to have to do because it's, like, you know, hand-holding and, like, I've been there for so long. You know? I just don't rap about it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You, you don't want to... Rap and throw it on Twitter and then have your boss see that you want 15 mil a year? I mean, that would be a joke. I suppose I could, like, do some quick math and figure out, like, you know, what percentage of a raise, like, Le'Veon Bell is asking for and, like, how that would affect my personal, like, paychecks. <laughs> but I would never ask for just 15 million off the top because that that would be, like, a, a lot of percent. There There would be some, like... Superscript numbers there on that, <laughs> you know. Exponential is the word. I mean, you better be the micro machine man with fingers. Yeah, see, I'd rather just they forget to put me on the schedule. <laughs> and they don't forget. That's the thing. Like they don't. No one forgets to put Levy on Bell on the schedule, right? Because he's making whatever he's making. 
He's gonna be making fourteen point five this year. But, so yeah, I mean, you better you better believe you're gonna be working at least forty hours a week with that salary. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Le'Veon Bell right now is is working out with his personal trainers and keeping in shape and keeping fit and so forth. He's just not with. His, I I hope so with, with his team. He's not gonna um, make it as a rapper. He's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the last like sports star that rapped anything any good was like Shaq, and that's and that's questionable. Roy Jones Jr. was not terrible. <laughs> I mean, he had that video like on the boat. Like it was not terrible. I'm on a boat. No, no I'm on a. It wasn't I'm on a boat. Those, those were like the Saturday Night Live guys. I know, right? With T Pain. Love the Lonely Island. <laughs> I have a whole playlist just called Funny under my Apple Music. Yeah. It's like Lonely Island, and um, um, I I can't think of the guy's names now, but <laughs> it's a whole bunch of them. All right, folks, we're gonna go ahead and take a break. We're gonna have another message uh, from our friends here at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. All right, folks, and we're back after that break and those messages from Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview. Great time. We'll be up there next Tuesday night for uh, AwesomeCast 400 episode uh, live in studio. Um, so I was watching some stuff tonight. Um, Florida State. Uh, wins the women's softball NCAA championship. Congrats to them. Congrats to them, which they beat Pitt in dramatic fashion in the ACC championship. Um, not saying that Florida State wasn't going to get in if Pitt beat them. They were going to get in no matter what. Pitt needed to beat them okay. to get in. Um, unfortunately, the Pitt ladies did not uh, make that happen it was i watched that whole game at work uh it was a saturday afternoon game that was a great great um uh softball game to watch yeah we talked about that here on the show i didn't, we did. I didn't catch it but um you know we we've talked the past couple weeks about non-revenue sports at Pitt and how their profile has been raised yes by being in the acc and this you know that that's borne out today by seeing Florida State win it all. Yeah, Florida State um, won it all, and Pitt, if, you know, Pitt had a little bit of an unravel in the sixth inning in the softball game uh, yeah. against Florida State in the ACC championship. Um, I just, um, I, I feel like the softball and even the baseball, to, to an extent, are getting a lot more airtime. A lot more airtime. Nowadays. A lot more recognition. With, with all the streaming, like, they're just multiple games on any given night. Um, for ever since like the conference tournaments started for both. Yes. Um, and I, I mean, I think it's good. Like a couple Saturdays ago, there were like, no, it was a Thursday afternoon and there yeah. were like four baseball games uh -huh. at the same time. I was at work. Yeah. I was at work and I'm like, this is great. Like, you know, um, it was, uh, let's see, AT&T sports was showing the ACC, uh, tournament, uh, ESPN was showing, I think like a Big Twelve tournament. Somebody else was showing an SEC tournament. Somebody mm -hmm. else showing a Big Ten tournament. Yeah, I'm like, it was great. I and like there was like one MLB game on if you had MLB Network. Yeah, which we do have MLB Network at work, and you know, yeah, you know, I mean, there, there's always that there for you. Um, speaking of MLB, 
uh, Max Scherzer. Uh, first to 10 wins this season in the MLB. Tonight he had 13 Ks and 8 innings, and he had a perfect inning. Nine pitches, nine, nine strikes, strikes, wow, three outs. Um, I'm not sure. Maniac. I'm not sure what inning that exactly was, um, but I did see that come across uh, my ESPN updates today, uh, tonight. Um, he's pitching out of his mind. I mean, he's on pace for, he's on pace. I think for twenty-seven game winner. <laughs> I mean, that can't t- happen. I'm not saying it can't happen, but it, it's very rare. I mean, but you're, you're having to get a 20-game winner anymore. I mean, you, you don't get that many 20-game winners. I mean, keep in mind, I mean, these guys are only pitching every five nights, you know, every five or every five games. So, yeah. But uh, Scherzer, you know, he's he's having a great time right now. Between, between his pitching, you know, being on a good team, and also getting to like lead the cheer at the Caps game. Yeah, he's pretty intense. Yeah, I mean, and he's dialed in. Yeah, I mean, you saw what the Nats did to the Pirates. I mean, it took four straight from them. Yeah, they're not the only team that's done that this year. Um, I'm starting to think the Pirates might not be that good. Uh, but I'm we'll not, get to that. Okay, yeah, I'm starting to think that too. Here and there. Um, Speaking of those pirates, we're going to talk about those guys right now. Okay, so we are going to get to that. Yeah, we're getting that right now because I want to end on some of a good note. Oh, okay. So, okay. I have, so, so I'm saving that last right, little so bit to be a good note. Act four, always a downer. Uh, <laughs> so here we go with, uh, do you want to talk about the Dodgers game tonight or just the general... So what do I have? What do I have here? Uh, series. So um, in the notes I have here is uh, the Pirates lost seventeen to twenty four. Almost had a no no toss on them last Sunday uh, from Waka in St Louis. Uh, Meadows got the start tonight in center, uh, but Polanco for some fucked up reason was still in the lineup. Uh, the Bucks are now five hundred. Uh, they're thirty uh, for thirty. <laughs> the Marte was sat because of the lefty righty thing. Because of the pitching matchup. I can get that pitching matchup thing. But you still should have sat Polanco. I know, I know. It's like, why does the matchup matter when it's like two outfielders? I want... But like, you would you would never, like... I want bat, You would never bat your, like, slap-hitting second baseman cleanup. You know what I mean? Like, you only tolerate a catcher with, like, a 140 average because they do something else that no one else can do. Right. On the team. Like, I mean, shit, Mike LaValliere for how why are you? Why are you worried about lefty-righty? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, okay, fine, whatever. Um, it's not the only reason they lost today. And uh, pitching uh, was... One of the reasons why I lost. Pirates Jock Peterson has owned Musgrove, <laughs> including in the World Series. He hit a home run off Musgrove. Yes. So, you know, Musgrove won the World Series, but still owned by Jock Peterson, and that gets the Pirates exactly nowhere. Um, so that didn't help. Um, what Puig went long. There's four home runs. Three home runs tonight. Three or four. There were three home runs tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Peterson Puig. Bellinger all went deep and you know the Pirates bats were I mean the, the the first few innings the Pirates just were clueless 
at the plate. Their their bats and have been quiet. The been... offense has has definitely gone down. Uh, S. Rod has been in a wicked ass slump. No, he wasn't an original starter. Uh, Mercer was scratched from the lineup. Uh, flu like symptoms was what they were saying. Right, but even before that, when he was doing well and whatnot, then he went into a slump, and they still played him in a position to get him in the bat. And yeah. He's just been in a slump. Now his glove is going bad, too. He's had errors. A um, couple games recently, he's had errors. I, I, again, speaking of errors, why are you not starting Marte over Polanco? Polanco makes dumb fucking mistakes in right field. I mean, I agree. Like I, I said last week that there's no reason that you should bench Marte. No. I mean, his, his, batting, his batting average is passable, and his defense is superior to any outfielder in that clubhouse. So tomorrow afternoon, they or after tonight's game, they should have said, hey, leave the lights on a little longer, and send fucking Meadows out to right field and said, get used to that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Well, I mean... Or... or, or in the afternoon. Or can, They might be doing that. I don't or, know. Or can you move Dickerson to right and put... Uh, Marte back and left and put Meadows in center? Or put Meadows in left? I don't think, like... I don't think Dickerson can... Nobody's used defense as the reason. Like, they're not saying why. They're just saying we have a four-outfielder situation and we're going to rotate them. But they're not, like... They're not listing, like, Meadows' defense in right field as, like, a reason why he's not playing every day, are they? No. So, I would assume... That they are taking some time every day to go out there with the fungo and, you know, just whack some balls off the fence and, like, see what he can come up with. You know, that's the only way you're going to learn to play those caroms. I mean, and that's a chain link fence. Right. It's right. Look, man, like, we're not talking about a fence. I'm not going to sit here and argue about a fence, okay? No, I mean, Like, I'm not Sean Spicer... I'm not going to fight with about, like, what, what defines a fence, all right? Bottom line, like, play Meadows, play Marte, play Dickerson. Send Polanco to minors if you have to. Put him in a platoon if you have to. You know, you can get rid of Rodriguez. I really like Rodriguez. I like Rodriguez, too, but he does sometimes play outfield. He does sometimes. He was the fourth outfielder. He was the fourth outfielder. Before Meadows before came Before Meadows up. came up when Marte went uh, on DL. So... We got Gung to, like, think about. I have that to notes here, too. Well, I'm just trying to figure out what to do with our extra outfielders, and there's no reason... <laughs> there's no reason to move Polanco to third base. No reason to move Polanco to third base. But you could move Gung to third base. But Jung Ho Gung is doing well in Florida, uh, and he's looking to make a return this season. There's still no timetable for his return. Um, he has... Um, I think tonight's game, he went two for four, scored a run. You know, he hasn't played. This is his first competitive baseball he's been playing in, what, a year and a half? You know, yeah. almost two years. He did get cut from the Dominican League. He did get cut from the Dominican that, League. That's not like I, I think I, I think that was a head thing where he's yeah. like, fuck you, I don't want to be here. You know. Yeah, but I mean, that is kind of like a... I mean, that's not a place you go after you've been in the majors. Yeah. Most 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 of the time when you go to the Dominican League, um, 
it's either on like a rehab assignment, like in the off season, or you're just from the Dominican, yeah, and like you just want to like play like some games in your off season, like in the MLB off season. Like if if you're you know playing Dominican fall league baseball, like just because you you basically got a DUI, no, sorry, three DUIs, and you lost your visa to go play in the states, you know. Like, he, he could have been playing in, like, Asheville, or, hell, he could have been playing for the Wild Things, if not for that visa issue. So, yeah. like, I'm sure being in the Dominican really rubbed him the wrong way, but that's more to do with, like, your own dumb mistake, buddy. You know? Pretty much. I mean, you, you, uh, I mean, you, you fucked up, you gotta pay the consequences. I mean, shit, you and I get a DUI. Uh, you know, you or I get a DUI. It's it's just as bad for us as it is for, you know, guys that are in. A, he got three. He got three. Which in Pennsylvania, if you get three DUIs, you're you don't drive. You, you don't drive for a very long time, and if you you pay Bobby Del Greco yeah. to keep you out of jail, you're gonna be having an ankle on your self for about a year but that's why the pirates are lo- <laughs> that's why the pirates are looking to hire like a driver who speaks korean or i don't know if it was he the pirates. Had one but no there was an ad like i don't know if you saw this going around but there there was like a job posting that like someone was looking for like a korean speaking driver some someone who can work I mean, with athletes he, i mean he had a uh he had a interpreter and whatnot with mm-hmm. him yeah that was in the dugout the whole time and everything else like that that I person mean, drive though drive a car willing uh, to like sh- drive a guy around because like being a, being someone's driver i mean like that's that's like a 24 hour job in some cases you know yeah it is it is a 24 hour I mean job. Not, maybe maybe they might have like a there might be, like, two drivers, like, if you're in a building or if, if you, like, work for a company, you know, they might use, like, a fleet or something. But, I mean, it's, I mean, being a driver is not, you know, you, you don't just, like, show up and be, like, the driver for, like, a shift and then leave. Yeah. Like, if they're looking for, like, one Korean driver, like, they're not they're not going to, like, start a whole company just to, like, service this, like, one individual who's got millions of dollars and no legal right to drive in this commonwealth. You hear what I'm saying? Right. I was listening to uh, TV this morning on the way to work, and they were talking about, you know, <laughs> once he gets to Indianapolis, because mm. uh, that'll probably be his last stop before he gets to, yeah. uh, before he gets back to the big club. He says, uh, yeah, they says they better have an Uber ready for him. <laughs> it's yeah. TV. I mean, no, I mean, yeah, but I mean, some some. Some ball players do take Ubers like that distance. Yeah, uh, we there was that one that, that had to be in Buffalo and took it from Chicago to Buffalo. Yeah, for, for like, and I think that was for OTAs. Yeah, but you know what? What was that guy's name? I don't remember because he wasn't Le'Veon Bell, no, or anyone of Le'Veon Bell's caliber, and therefore he had to go to OTAs. Yes, he didn't have a choice. He took an Uber, but the guy's still on the team. So. Well, that's good. That's important, and I'm sure that the fact that he took an Uber, like, highlighted his dem, you know, his willingness to go above and beyond. Definitely there. Pirates uh, just need an infielder who can infield. So and and hit. So when Gung comes back, where do you, where do you put him? Short, third, third. Got Gung, Mercer, Harrison, Bell. That's my infield. 
So what about you, Freeze? You keep Freeze as a utility. Get rid of Rodriguez. Much as I hate to say it, you know, if you have room on your bench for another bat, maybe you keep Polanco around. But if well, he's not producing, he's not. Well, and see, and the Pirates and like every other major league team has been overloading on pitchers. Um, for the bullpen, which what fucking bullpen? I yeah, I, you got to have <laughs> arms. That's that's where you get into trouble, Steve, because like. It's not enough to just say, like, well, like, our bullpen sucks whether it's, like, 10 people or 12 people on the pitching staff, so let's just have, like, 10 shitty people. Like, 10 shitty arms will not get you through as many innings as will 10 good arms, okay? So then you start getting into problems where you've had to, like, I mean, you've already got, like, basically two starters demoted to the bullpen, so they've got the mop-up capability, you know, but like if you're actually using them as mop-up guys, then they're not going to be ready for the next game. So you've got to have more guys in the bullpen. So it's like a vicious cycle. Like the shittier your pitching is, the more pitchers you need to have, and the shittier they are because you're reaching further down your organizational depth chart to get them. Or you could trade Mercer for a pitcher. That was catch a ball. Catch a ball and a beer and chug it. She did. Did that just always happen every game, but we just never knew about it until a few years ago because everyone's got cameras? I guess. I, we're, as we're watching, we had Sports Center. I was in the Tampa Bay Rays game, and there was a foul ball right back behind home plate. And the girl in the third tier was on her phone, and the ball landed in. Okay, she's on her phone in the ball game. Did she open her eyes at least and see the ball, or did it just randomly land? And she was like on her phone, and all of a sudden, boom! And she didn't drop the beer. What? She didn't even know it was coming. <laughs> I mean, okay, whatever. So we're seeing this more and more these days that people are catching their foul balls in their beer. Yes. Um, I think it's a good thing. I think it speaks a lot to the importance of the experience of catching a foul ball at a major league game. Like, it's not just for it kids, is. okay? Like, it's, it's not just... Uh, she looked like she saw it coming. She, 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 she sort of rose out of her seat into the ball. She's not acting... I mean, she's handling the moment well. She's not totally shocked. Um, she's, she's triumphant. She's victorious. Um, she's chugging the beer! She's going to chug the beer. She chugs the beer. When did that become a rule? With the ball in the beer glass. Now, is that an unwritten rule now that you have to chug the beer if you catch the ball in the glass? Uh, I would do it. I would, too. But that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't risk my beer. I know. Like, I'm saying, like, these people, like, I guess, like, there are enough people who are still such kids at heart that they would rather catch a foul ball than preserve every drop of, like, a $12, $12 beer that they bought at the stadium. Yes. Me personally, like, I would probably put the beer in my non-dominant hand and try to catch a ball with my right hand. Yes. Well, see, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'd probably put the ball in my, the beer in my right hand and catch with the left in hand. In my day, if you, if you just, like, deflected the ball and didn't spill a drop of beer, that was a win. Yeah. Now, apparently, you've got to catch the ball in your beer without spilling a drop and then chug the beer that in is... front of, like, all of the cameras in, like, Scott Van Pelt's, like, countdown. <laughs> and, like, all 8,000 people at the Pirate game. That is... Yeah, right? Um, 
I just they, I it's too much pressure. Maybe you know that's what, why I you have this year. You know, here's the deal though for me on foul ball. Uh, there is foul ball etiquette. Definitely. Um, I am the that one that I will still at 40 years old run over a six year old to catch a foul ball. Really? Then after I do it and get my pictures, I will probably give it to the six year old I just ran over. <laughs> okay, that's juvenile, man. Like, I've never been even in even close proximity to a foul ball since I was a kid myself. Um, and like, I never got a foul ball. I have three, and they were all before the age of sixteen. Okay, that's a, that's age appropriate, right? My ball um, that I brought home was like, I got there early to see McGuire. And they were doing infield practice, and I was down behind first base, and he missed a, one of many, many balls that was coming in at all different angles, and, you know, this one was in the dirt, he missed it. Another person, I don't know, he might have been an adult, didn't care, because I was closer. And I leaned out on the field, and I grabbed it, and, you know, it was it was pregame. It wasn't crowded, but there, were, there do tend to be a lot of kids Looking for autographs at that time. Yes. The Three only River other time Stadium. a, a yeah. foul ball was ever hit close to me was at Three Rivers, and it, it hit my grandfather in his hand. But he had a beer in one hand, and the ball just bounced off his hand. He deflected and it. And it landed in the lap of a kid in front of him. So that's how it should be. That's the baseball gods. All right? That's what every foul ball should be. And, like, no kids get hurt by, like, grown-ups trying to, like, run over them and get a ball. <laughs> I was at... The Next time you're at Dick's, like, shopping for golf equipment, <laughs> go buy yourself a baseball, Steve, if you want one that bad. <laughs> it's so much fun getting it from a ball game, though. I, I guess I just never experienced it, so I, I was know. I was at Atlantic City Surf game. When I lived in Jersey, I was at Atlantic City Surf game. Uh, they're East Coast Baseball League. They're, like, the Washington yeah. Wild Things. Uh-huh. Um and a foul ball came over, and I was with a bunch of people I knew. Uh, and we were all worked together at a restaurant, and we went to the ball game. And uh, foul ball came over, and like six little kids went for it, and our executive chef ended up getting the ball. He's like, it's got it. It's mine. Get out of here. He's like, I've got a foul ball since I was 15 years old. He goes, I'm 40. I don't give a shit. Wow. <laughs> no, I did get a foul ball from the Lake City Surf game. Because I was there for another event that we ended up getting um, private box tickets. So, if you've ever been to a minor league baseball stadium, you're kind of on top mm-hmm. of the action as it mm-hmm. is, and then the private box. Um, foul ball came up over top of the net, bounced off the roof, and rolled down in to the stadium and came off when I caught it coming off the roof. Nice. Um, See, those are the good ones to get. Like, I've... I've never had one like that. Like I, I tend to sit down low. I sit like down the first base line a lot. Well, I sit down like first, we had season I, tickets down the third base line. Uh, at I sit, when I, I sit, was a kid. I sit, they're always, they're always like hot, hot line drives. Yeah, yeah. That are like fizzing when they come by. Yeah, I, we had season, and that's tickets. why I will, I will never hate on an adult who brings a glove to the game, if they are sitting in an area where you will have a concussion if you don't have the wherewithal to keep the ball from hitting you in the head. Well, that's like the movie Fever Pitch, where yeah. Drew Barrymore's on her computer. Exactly. 
you know? And like, I'm sorry, but like part of the, part of the major league experience that I like is that it's always televised. So when these like buffoons who are like 40 and they're running over kids and stealing balls from kids, like not to belabor the point, Steve, but like <laughs> people like you, yes. like if you pull that at a major league game, like if you pull that, like I'm a, I'm a 40 year old man and I want this baseball bullshit at a, at a major league game, you will be on TV and you will be shamed. Well, you know what? And, I, and they will probably find out where you work within 12 hours on Twitter and you will be fucked. <laughs> I will. But like I said, I would get the ball and I'd get my pictures with it and whatnot and I'd probably end up giving it to, to the kid I pummeled. Or the kid's sibling. <laughs> or the yeah, or whatever, you know. Or his attorney when you actually settle in court. <laughs> or you'll you'll actually have to like walk into, like, Common Pleas Court with, like, a baseball and, like, go stand in the line and be like, no, I'm not paying my back rent. I got a baseball. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's Exhibit F. <laughs> um, <laughs> keep it on the... A, B, C, D, and E are my empty yangling cans, Your Honor. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah... Uh, that's why Steve doesn't go to ball games on Sunday afternoons. <laughs> Kids' day at the PNC Park yeah, is not the best yeah. day for me. Steve, <laughs> you're not supposed to be running the bases. In fact, nobody's supposed to be running until after. <laughs> hey, by the way, it is a $500 fine if you jump onto the field. <laughs> Wouldn't know. Somebody ran on the field in the Champions League final. Oh. At, like the very end, and they didn't even like mention it like i hate that like just just broadcast it man like someone in you know the video is gonna get out there someone's uh, got their phone up so i hate when the networks try to lie to us and say that like people don't be running on the field all the time so uh here to finish up with the pirates uh a little somber note as well pitcher bruce uh kelson bruce keeson keeson Sorry, Keith. He was a 70s guy. He was a 70s guy. He had two World Series rings, 71 and 79, both against the Orioles. Um, he passed away at 67 years old um, this past week. Um, Steve Blass said a bunch of very good things about him. Now, the one story I heard, which is kind of a kind of great story about him, uh, Game 7, 1971. They won in Baltimore, and uh, he, um, after winning, he celebrated with his team, and his best man, who was also catcher, uh, the was uh, yeah was a catcher, um, for his wedding, he got married the same day. So they flew him out of the stadium on a helicopter to the airport on a Learjet back to Pittsburgh and got married four hours later. Wow. Um, in 1971. Uh, so, I mean, that's also still where they played the World Series games during the day. Yeah. I mean, there was no night games on uh, World Series until, uh, I don't want to say 77 or 76 comes out off the top of my head for oh, the first night game it of was the World in, Series. It was at Riverfront, yeah. I think so. Big Red Machine, 75? The first, the first World Series night game was at Riverfront. That'd be the Big Red Machine, 1975? Yeah. It was either at Riverfront or Memorial Stadium. Yeah. Were the Pirates involved in that one? Nope. 
Are you sure? No, it was you know because the Pirates were seventy one and seventy nine against the Orioles, but I think the first like night game I, I it didn't involve the Pirates, um, at all. But yeah, so uh, rest in peace to a former Pirate legend pitcher. Um, a lot of the uh, his former teammates have. Uh, said some really good words about him. I personally never saw him play. I know you haven't. <laughs> um, you know, I've only ever seen him on the field during those um, welcome back, you know, 1971 or 1979 World Series champion pirate teams uh, and so forth. So, to end the show, we have a little bit of good news. Good. Um, nothing has happened with the Penguins. Is that good? Um, it just means they're not playing. Like it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not sad free agency season yet. It's not free agency series. Um, but on, on a positive note, I will grant you that there has been much less like Twitter beef and bickering. Well, about the Penguins this past week. Correct. And I feel a lot more mentally stable as a result. There are. There are still the Phil Kessel trade rumors. Everyone's fighting around. about the the uh, well, fighting about the the Pirates lineup. Yep. And about Le'Veon Bell's rap career. Or and I, I haven't heard anybody. Nobody's written any columns about how the Penguins that I love are really bad, or that that like certain players are like not getting along with coaches. Like that's really good. Like, I would rather watch them lose a series and then, like, not hear anything about it afterwards. Like, seriously, like, when the season ends, like, I don't like following off-season drama. I don't like following nope. the free agency and the money side and the, like, arguing about shit that doesn't even affect the game. You know, like, you know, people's, like, personal... I mean, yeah, if you commit crimes and stuff, then I guess that needs to be addressed. But, like, if you're just being a knucklehead, like, and people think that you're, like, not being a responsible grown-up, like, whatever. Like, just... It's the off-season, okay? If, like, Le'Veon Bell wants to skip work and go rap and be bad at it, well, you know, let him. Right. And, I don't know, like... But I miss the Penguins. They'll be back soon. Nothing has happened with the Penguins so far in this early offseason for them. Um, again, there's still the Phil Kessel trade rumors. And why you should or shouldn't trade Phil Kessel at this point in time. Here or there, I feel you shouldn't trade Phil Kessel. And again, it's been shown that Phil Kessel hasn't gotten along with any of his coaches <laughs> throughout yeah. his career. Part, well, of the, part of the reason love Phil Kessel... or. Part of the reason that there's so much love for Phil Kessel is that he gets by with, like, not the obvious work ethic of, like, a Sidney Crosby. Correct. You know what I mean? Not just gets by. He led the Penguins in points. Okay? He did. Um, but the memes, okay? Like, the hot dogs and the, like, pedaling a stationary bike at, like, a third the rate of all his teammates in practice because he's just over it. You know, like, we feel the same way about our lives, okay? That's why Phil Kessel's a folk hero. Like, no one calls Sidney Crosby a folk hero because he's, like, superhuman. But, like, Phil Kessel, even though he's also a very talented athlete, way better than any of us. Oh, yeah. Like, he's got, he, he displays that element of humanness 
that makes people love him. And that makes people are going to be sad to see him go. He's like, I grew up in Minnesota. There's nothing else to do than play hockey. So I and played golf. hockey. And golf. And golf. You know, so that's what he does. And and you kind of look at him and he's like, you don't want to compare him to Aaron Iverson, but he's like, practice? <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, but that's part of it. Like, he would never say it. Yeah. You know, and people are mad that he didn't talk. He didn't, like, give, like, a final press conference, but maybe he just had a bunch of, like, Iverson shit to say, <laughs> and he thought, like, better of it. It's like, it, you know what? <laughs> you know? It's better for me not to say anything right now than for me to say something and you guys blow it up in the media. Yeah. I'm just not going to talk to you guys. Exactly. So then the media got mad at him. You know, what are you going to do? They just need to get over, like, they were just mad because they were, just like anyone else, you get into your daily routine, and the media was all talking about hockey every day for eight months. And the fans were reading about it every day for eight months. And now there's no more hockey to yeah. talk about. So they and, had to find something controversial. And now we're... I'm sure that Phil Kessel works out and does his training and everything else like that. He would die. He would literally die. He would either get, like, you know, boarded or cross-checked in such a way that he could never play again or would not want to play again or would not recover from his injuries... Or he would, like, literally have a heart attack on the ice. Like, to play even 18 minutes of NHL hockey in one day is too much for most people. Like, it would kill them. Yes, so it would. So, of course he's in shape. Was he hurt? Probably. That's a different issue altogether. Probably. If he was hurt, that's not the same as being out of shape. Unless he, like, hurt himself, like, dipping his nacho or something. You know, but if he got an injury from playing hockey and it just was the kind of thing where, like, you just don't heal, you know, in time for the playoffs and then you can't skip games in the playoffs. Who was the pitcher in the 90s for the Pirates? Randy Tomlin? Tomlin. Yeah. Who um, broke his hand towards the end of the season and didn't wasn't available for playoffs. Um, he broke his hand. And it, and it and it came out and and it was said it was a, a an accident of getting his hand shut in the car door and whatnot. And then after the playoffs, it came out that he broke his hand practicing karate and trying to break a brick. What? <laughs> really? See, okay, I remember. I remember Randy Tomlin. Like I, I, you didn't remember his last name. I remembered his last name. Yeah, but I don't remember really, that story. Yeah, that makes me really mad. Like I remember him being kind of good. Yeah, he and was. They were they were like a playoff team that year. Yeah, nineteen ninety. Okay, well they lost to the Reds. <laughs> they did lose to the Reds. They were but, probably they probably would have lost to the Reds anyway. But 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 he broke his hand and it says, oh, you know, it, it was like uh, you know, an accident. His his son or daughter shut a car door in his Why hand or whatnot. Why would you punch a but brick? It, but it came out that he was practicing karate like he was a black belt. But he's practicing karate and broke his hand. But you're a baseball pitcher. <laughs> I mean, that's why they have these contracts nowadays. You know, you can't play pickup sports or ride motorcycles or surfing, surfing, you know, stuff like that. Who was it? Was it Glavin who ironed his shirt while he was wearing it, or was that Steve Avery? Someone from that race. He was Avery. Steve Avery, okay, like burned himself with the iron because he tried to like what fix a wrinkle. That's what a curling iron's for, my man. You don't use a whole big old iron for that. 
You just do like not, spray it with a spray bottle. Do, do not iron your. I, I think there's even tags on shirts now. Says do not iron while wearing, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, well, that's like that's like Steven. the equivalent of the McDonald's cup that says like coffee may be hot. <laughs> well, somebody was stupid and they sued and got money, and now they have to have these little tags on there for idiots. Yeah, but I like it when my coffee's lukewarm, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, but I gotta, I gotta return this. <laughs> It says right here on the cup that it's it's hot and it's not. <laughs> I've actually never had that happen, but at, not at a McDonald's, but at like an independent coffee shop that I will not name. Like they did a shift change, like right before I got in there, and I guess like the previous barista didn't tell the person that like, oh yeah, like you might want to change the like medium roast. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? Like I hate to be that person. I absolutely despise it, but I was like nice, and I was like, I just want hot coffee. Well, like if if you have to like make me make it myself, like I will. But I just I, want I, it. I, I like my coffee like I like my ladies, hot and bitter. Hot and bitter. Yeah. Yeah. So you're dark roast guy. Yeah. You know, um, since <laughs> ground up and in the freezer. But anyway. Whoa. Oh yeah. Sorry, uh, it's a little sir. I didn't see Amanda tonight. By yeah, the way. Is she here? Is she home? <laughs> she is. She's she's home. She she went to bed before okay. we sat here. And she's usually like she usually like says hi at least. Yeah, yeah. She she went she went to bed. Kind of weird. Kind of weird, Steve. Just saying. <laughs> Don't check the freezer. I well, <laughs> You were really kind of weird about my beer situation too. <laughs> I know. You kept getting my beers for me all night. Like <laughs> last week, I hit. I put a couple beers in the freezer because they were like not quite cold. And um, you were like, hey, you're in the freezer. I'm like, yeah, I'm in the freezer. And like today you just nipped that problem right in the bud, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I did. But um, well, anyway, like follow Bold Pittsburgh and, uh, you know, see if Amanda posts anything tomorrow. <laughs> she will be posting. And, uh, follow, follow us on Bold Sports. Follow us on Bold Sports uh, at Bold PGH Sports on the Twitter. Uh, Bold Pittsburgh on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh I think we're going to call it a show and then uh, come back next week and we'll Steve's hopefully... Steve's going to call his lawyer. <laughs> right? <laughs> call him Bobby Del Greco. Bobby Del Greco. <laughs> um, man, man. Got to go ahead and um, take care of some stuff here on, on the home front. <laughs> and then uh, we'll be back next week with a show. We may or may not have a Stanley Cup winner. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, and we may or may not have a NBA Finals winner. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we're, like I said, we're recording on a Tuesday night. This should be out Friday. So we'll see what happens uh, between now and then. Uh, enjoy your sports uh, week, folks. And Matt and I will be back with some really good stuff to talk about. Have a good week. Go Justify. Go Justify. Hey, Ians. Thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend for the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag BoldSports. BoldPittsburgh on the Facebook, or BoldPGH.com. <laughs>